Luke Amon is the fourth person in the third season of the Time to Spell podcast, and you are about to meet him. He is a young man living on the west coast of the U.S., and we have been talking about inner selves, about observation or objectivity and subjectivity, about gaming, Pokemon Go and this, that, and the other thing, the Inner Ethics Committee, inbound marketing, and so much more. In a almost two-hour meandering conversation, which, you know, I really, really enjoy. And I'm fascinated by people. It is so much fun to do this. So I hope you also have fun when you get to hang out with me and Luke. This is going to be a little bit weird with the pop filter, I know, but um, I figured I should keep it off the desk because um, it doesn't fit completely on the desk. Um, and if I don't hold it like this, it will probably make a lot of bumps that will make Caspian's life frustrating. So, Well, you're the sound person. The only thing is now we have you with a big mic in your face, but we had Izzy most of like that last season. So, well. You can be easy for this season. I will just have to be, well, it's not that mysterious. It's just, I don't know. I have that uh, old-timey radio announcer vibe going on. True, true. It's not a vibe that, you know, kind of suits you. Well, thank you. You're welcome. I suppose. I I will say that one thing that I thought was funny was, um, so I saw a, uh, I'm actually going to lower my chair just a little bit so I'm more centered in the frame. Uh, so I was babysitting um, a, a child for a while, and I saw a thing on, um, I don't know if it was on Twitter, um, I was on Reddit, Reddit or something, but um, where this babysitter was saying, you know, one thing that she did with, you know, the kid, but at least one kid that she was babysitting was, um, you know, would do this like announcer voice um, while reading um, like the kid's writing or like looking at like the pictures, like, you know, oh, this is a, you know, beautiful uh, picture that, um, you know, like, like. I'm, I can't give it any specific artistic criticism right now because it's an imaginary picture. You know, I don't know. Maybe the the, the reds are so red in this picture or something. But, um, and he was like, "Oh, you know, let's make let's do this voice changer thing where you take a toilet paper tube and you put like a uh, saran wrap or like parchment paper over the end, and then you make a little poke in it so that it like you know 
it sounds kind of like an old microphone. And so I was like, well, this is, this is perfect, you know, like, cause he's really into athletics. So it was like, oh, um, you know, yeah, let, go, go do your like, you know, uh, jumping tricks, like cartwheels and stuff. And, and I'll do the announcer voice, you know, like, like it's the, like, you know, the Olympics yeah, like or at something. The Olympics, and, yeah, and oh my God, he loved it. It's, I, I highly recommend that if anybody is babysitting a kid and, and you have, uh, a good, uh, you know, old timey radio announcer voice, <laughs> you should absolutely do that for whatever the kid is, 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 um, happy about because, or, 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 um, uh, is, is an interest of theirs because, because it does work and, 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 uh, it's, it's great fun, great creative fun to try to come up with like, well, how, how would you, how would you announce the, you know, whatever mm. the thing is as though it was like the and top of this thing. I'm just guessing, but from a kid's point of view. Wouldn't you feel really seen, you know, for half an hour, an hour, however long your yeah. play went on? It's like you're really there with the kid, in a sense, looking, watching, hearing. Yeah, 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 that's a good point. You have to be very, very present so that you are commenting on things that are related to what is going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when you say that, that does resonate that um, getting distracted compliments where it's sort of vague in general, that doesn't feel the same way as a targeted compliment. No. Mm. And I, it, so one of the things that, and I'm, you know, my, oldest was born in 99 and my youngest was born in 04 so smartphones the iphone hadn't come yet right mm -hmm. but there were phones and you know like ipods and stuff but the the i i look at parents with kids especially kids in prams and strollers where most kids aren't even facing their parents anymore. They're facing out. But if they're facing their parent, it's like, and I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of this, even though I don't have a kid in the stroller, like you're walking and you're, you know, fiddling with your phone. And here's these kids just kind of looking at you. Or they're on their own phone. <laughs> Yeah, Which, so is that better or worse? It's like, well, or is it just that it is? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I've thought a lot more about kids with phones than I think, or, or iPads or whatever, than I think I've thought about parents who are distracted. Well, I have a lot to say about just, you know, parenting but when it comes to parenting and technology because i grew up in a time where that was not an issue that wasn't something that was taking my parents attention it was analog crises so when are you <laughs> born just to make this really oh yeah um 
I had 90, 97. 97, yeah. Yeah. So around the same period of time. Yeah. So it was more uh, analog crises, not social media crises that yeah. took parents' attention away. So I haven't really thought <laughs> much That's about... That's a very diplomatic uh, way of putting it, though. <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah, I yeah I did a, an episode with Ayal where I talked about how, uh, yeah, there there used to be a lot of anger, and it's like, well, the you you get older and recognize like, well, you don't have control of health crises, and yeah, you can control how you respond, but you know, if you don't get a good image from your parent of how to respond to crises. And if you don't get attention, well, then it's kind of difficult unless you have really specifically gone out of your way to learn that skill. Tricky to have that. But I, but when it comes to kids with iPads and phones and, uh, you know, having done some babysitting of some, some kids, um, I, I, I kind of like the term caring. I feel like babysitting is kind of a weird term. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I'm not sitting. I hopefully you're not sitting on them. Um, that that yeah, I have noticed some very odd or just interesting things that you know are very different from when I grew up in terms of just um. Like a big difference I've noticed is, uh, you know, he, he's somebody who's into video games and he's really into mobile games. And I was really into a couple video games and, and it was the analog thing where you buy the game and then you have fun with the game. And it's, you know, maybe, maybe it's a game that you can, you know, connect with your friend and play. Um, but for the most part, it's kind of self-contained. And with the mm -hmm. mobile games, it's, you know, there's just gambling mechanics everywhere where, you know, you're, you're sort of amidst a lot of different techniques to try to hook you, um, that, you know, if it were for real money and, you know, it kind of is because, because you, you know, you, you can like buy something that then buys something else in the game that then buys what you really want. So it technically it is for real money, but there's a whole bunch of things that are in these mobile games that are technically like illegal for adults. It's like, well, you know, okay, they've cleverly kind of gotten around the law. Um, but, but just the messaging is very different because it's so social because there's so much like money is this big thing that, you know, oh, I can skip these levels or whatever if I have money, or even just I can have cool things that show off to other people that I don't have money. And, and I've just been kind of surprised at how much money is shoved in. Mm. You know, this kid's like nine, and he talks about it a lot. Mm. Um, you know, not just contained in the game, but that's the main thing that he is expressing regret that you know he he doesn't have as much as his peers um you know or even just random people on the internet you know yeah. they're probably but i mean this is the, the this is the thing that has um 
kind of surprised me with um, both or the there's a contrast in how, in how I am and in how my son is and it's it's fascinating I did I was like heavily into Pokemon Go for three years you know when it when it was out nice. I was in it and I was play and it coincided with me separating from my ex-husband so it was a lifesaver in many ways you know because I could be out walking. Yeah. Right. So, so it was a a, a good thing that way, and you know, Pokemon I, was my drug. I wholeheartedly approve. <laughs> and and it was like, but I, I would never put any money into buying, you know, the gear, the clothes, the bags, the shoes, the caps. It's like the, it's like, no. It's like, I just do not see the point of that at all. Why would it, you know, it's like, yeah, there were like three free t-shirts you could swap between. Okay, fine. I'm good with that. You know, and I do barefoot. So my Pokemon did barefoot too. You know, problem solved. Nice. I don't need fancy shoes, right? But my, my son, who's now 17 and a half, and this wasn't Pokemon. He he did Pokemon for, you know, the first couple of months. And then we had a lot of fun. And then I kind of took over. So I first did, you know, level 40 on my account. And then I did oh, level wow. 40 on his account. And then I was like, oh, no, wow. I'm done. Uh, but in he's been playing Fortnite and what's it called? Valorant. And I don't know what they're called. Something or other. But it's like, I need to have money to buy skins. And I'm going, why? What? You know, come look at my character. He usually plays female characters, or he did. He's like, come look at her. Isn't she cool? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, he's <laughs> like, I wouldn't ever put money into that. But that's kind of, that's the, that's the the game, really, that's the money game. That's the business game of yeah. it, right? It's like we need people to think that it is so cool to have these different skins. And I'm going, no. <laughs> like, well, it works, I think, much better if you're in middle or high school, if you're a kid, because it is a big status thing with your peers is, you know, um, and and it's... I, I will confess that I, I have never really been that serious of a gamer. Like, like I, I am, uh, I, I was going to say the word wallflower, but that doesn't really work because it's not, that implies that, you know, that space just is watching. Yeah. Um, cause I, I do play a little bit, um, you know, and, and, you know, certain games were a big part of, of my experience growing up but i have noticed so so basically that's a disclaimer to just say that take everything i'm going to say with a grain of salt <laughs> um that there are people who are much more informed about this than i am but um i have noticed that the industry has kind of changed from um okay we are packaging up uh, a complete experience that is contained in the game 
Or, you know, maybe there will be like, you know, in the original Pokemon games, it was like, well, you can't get all of the critters in one version. So either you have to buy the other one or you have to be social enough that you know other people who can, you know, trade you the ones that you are missing. But, um, you know, but for the most part, it was like, okay, you, you have this complete experience that you are purchasing. And it increasingly it's like, well, you know, okay, you can buy the core game or, or the core game is even free. But, um, you know, if you want special weapons that give you an advantage in the game, uh, then you can pay money and you can skip things that normally would be called like grinding experience. It would take a lot of like brute force effort to obtain the items or uh, they will like just not ship a complete game that's like, well, we'll just finish it later or we'll... Um, uh, have d uh, like DLC downloadable content where you can't actually finish the game unless you pay more. So it's, mm -hmm. um, I think the industry as a whole has really shifted to those kinds of dynamics. And I don't. And just to, to put something no, in, it's not just games as such. I mean, you know, I, I used a, um, a photo app, the, the Instagram layout for doing collages. Mm. That just all of a sudden a year ago or something just stopped working. It's like, what the fuck? But yeah, it just stopped working. So I've been trying to find a good collage app. And I just, I just go bonkers on it because I don't like the way they're set up. I don't, I dislike them. I think they have like really lousy interfaces, but it's also the, yeah, it's free, but you can only do three. Or, mm -hmm. yeah, it's free, but you get this big, you know, watch of a logo on the thing. Yeah. So you'd have to buy the thing to be able to not have that watermark. Um, so it is this, come here, I will lure you in, and then I will get you, right? Yeah. And uh, I was lucky enough to read, um, I, I haven't gone to the deep dive but uh a, a bunch of um slides from from uh, a marketing class at nyu and um this is a big thing that they're they're talking about um that you know oh yes this is a hot thing industry should pivot to this and they call it inbound marketing where we're going to offer you something for free we're going to offer you services for free and then we're going to sort of uh you know, wait for when you depend on these services and then hit you with a charge. Or if you want access to the full service or the full suite, um, you know, so are there benefits to it? Yes. I mean, there is, you know, there are free things available, um, but it, it, it is frustrating um, in ways that it's kind of like, well, I would rather just, you know, pay $8 and have permanent access to an app that does something than, you know, have to pay $2 every time I want to make something. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. it's also the, you know, I'm old, right? I turned 50 in a month's time. Um, but Congratulations. Thank you. But I have, I've been tearing my hair out recently or in the winter because Microsoft has just been 
shitting me, double billing me, and just being such a awful place. But regardless of that, I use Word and I use Excel and a little bit of PowerPoint. But Word is like my primary work tool in many ways. And I, I'm on a Mac, but I don't, all of my clients do docs, right? So it's, I, I'm, I'm bound to do Word, but I can't buy Word. You know, you used to be able to buy Word or, you know, the suite. The office suite, but now, no, I have to subscribe to it. So I have to do, you know, it's like a, a monthly, monthly subscription fee. or yearly subscription, this, that, and the other thing. It's like, and, and that's also one of these things. It's like the, the one-off versus the subscription It's like, yeah, I get how it is a much more clever way to <laughs> wiggle your customers really close to you to have subscription model yeah and it's like oh yeah Yeah. you know but then you get dissatisfied customers like me who rant and rave and you know shit on you (laughs) well and yeah and then there well and then with that i have the question of like you know there has been I think an embrace of, you know, uh, there are exceptions, but any press is good press. If people are talking about our, our thing, then it, you know, people know about it. And and there are definitely exceptions to that. Um, you, you know, like when people are saying certain things, like if you own a restaurant and people are saying, you know, like there's health, health, uh, um, Dangers, hazards. Uh, d- dangers, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to, like, I guess OSHA is more about, like, in the United States is more about, um, like, workplace violations that are yeah. of a more physical nature. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying it's, to remember what the what the health health department, it's, whatever. Yeah, it's the, um, yeah, precisely. That's, it's more, the that's more serious. Safety, that's health, serious. and environment, yeah. Um, but, yeah, and, and my understanding is that that model... Um, and, I, and before I forget this, uh, I think you can buy older versions of Word, but you can't buy the current version of Word. And if you have to have the current version of Word, then yes, you have to have a subscription. Um, but and, like, I, I mean, I try going into their webs. Yeah, try going into their website and figuring it out. You know, what do I need? It's like you need a, a doctorate just to be able to. You know, you yeah. need a PhD in something or other. I'm not really sure to be able to yeah. just differentiate what is it that I actually need. Well, what is it that I actually need? Um, you know, well, and then that's that's another thing too. Is you know, can we through confusion get some extra dollars from you? Yes. Um, I feel this about Amazon. It's like, well, the net worth is you know, or, 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 um, amount of money that the company has made is so expensive or is so high that it just doesn't make sense to me that their website is as bad as it is. And I do think it's intentional that you have to click through like four windows to unsubscribe. Yeah, and so, of course. um, it's, it's funny that, mm, well, it's not funny, but it is, it is to kind of come back to the idea of like, 
gambling in kids' games, um, that it is, you know, oh yeah, you know, we'll, we'll put in mechanics that are expensive or cost people who don't have, um, you know, a, a high ability to navigate through different types of web pages, um, you know, and like, uh, you know, people who don't have the skills to recognize and ignore gambling mechanics, <laughs> um, people who don't have the ability to uh, see money pits, then it's sort of acceptable to go, oh, yeah, okay, shoot, that want the microphone, I did the thing I said I wasn't going to do. Um, but yeah, that, that there is this pivot that, from what we're saying, sounds multi-industry to, um, well, make money however you can, you know? And, and not, not that and, that wasn't always somewhat part of the picture, but that we're not going to hide it anymore. No, but it's also this, when it comes to this, you know, all press is good press. It's like, yeah, but still, who do I want to, who do I want to be? What does my company want to be? What do we stand for? It's like, what do I want people to speak about me? You know, what you're saying about me? What's, what's the impression I want people to have? Um... But somewhere along the lines, I've been speaking about the Inner Ethics Committee. My Inner Ethics Committee on Marketing oh. just goes cringe. It's like, no. Right? And, yeah. and which makes it hard for me to even market with bunny ears anything because my entire system just goes, ah. Oh. So I've actually been deliberately saving posts, tweets, blog posts, um, you know, Instagram posts on Facebook of people who do marketing in a way that feels genuine, generous, without pushing those buttons, you know, of, of, uh, scarcity of uh it needs to be quick because oh, there's only yeah. three more days and like so and and those just like blinked like neon flashing all over but so i'm i'm deliberately trying to find the little gems instead Who's who's a good example? Where can I find good example? Where my inner ethics committee waves the flag saying, "Go you." <laughs> we're right? okay with this. This we're does okay, not... and we're not just okay. We actually like and approve this because there's some, you know, and, and there's yeah. When you say that you're saving these as examples, is this because you are wanting to? imitate the way that they're doing that for your personal brand? It isn't imitating as such. It is, I have, I've, I've been speaking about this with Andy, I think. I have an idea to set up a mastermind group on finding, you know, 
how do I hook arms with my inner ethics committee and doing that in a mastermind setting? Because I know that what your inner ethics committee says might not be what mine says. Yay. More of this, right? But, yeah, but being bouncing about... against each other and seeing what makes me cringe actually makes you go, oh, I like that. It's like, that would be interesting. So I've, yes, been saving up. Um, and then I don't know if I ever will set up a, a, a mastermind or that, but it's a, it's, it would be fun and yeah. it would be helpful to me because, you know, it just kind of bugs me now and again when, when I realize that people don't know that there's a book, people don't know that I have. This podcast, even people don't know that I have a Patreon for the Tankespian community. You know, it's like people don't know that I coach. People don't know this and that because I don't say it, you know, because I'm so, I don't want to do it in this cringe way. Then I don't yeah. do it. This is all very relatable. This is all very relatable. Um, and part of it, I think, definitely stems from inner ethics committee. I've worked with um, some marketing people before and um, things that are, that, yeah, that are standard have definitely made me go, eh, I don't really want to do that with my stuff. Like, I appreciate that this is industry standard and I appreciate that this is the way that things are, you know, typically done but you know i i'm going to be a difficult client i'm sorry yeah. um and part of it has definitely come from an ethical perspective but part of it also for me has come from how do you package especially when like i feel that this is probably even more so the case for you because your coaching and your podcasts are very personal how do i take this like multifaceted person and and being and if you know if it's a conversation these processes um how do i take these that have all of these different characters and collapse it into something that is a consumable product that is easily understandable by I a group of people <laughs> or a demographic and yeah. Yeah, and 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 my answer has come back. I I don't. Um, no. Uh, I mean, on Twitter, I've definitely done some pandering just to try to get you know. Uh, I don't know, but well, they go back and forth. But you know, the other issue I've had is I just have what I've been interested in and even mm -hmm. myself as a person has changed a lot in the past mm -hmm. five years. And so there's also been a fear of like, well, what if I get it really right, you know, and, and that it accurately reflects myself right now, but then in two years, I've put all of this work into something that doesn't really reflect me or I may really not like, and I recognize then that is why you can just rebrand, but, um, I really am, a, but that comes back to inner ethics committee of, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be somebody who says one thing and then another, but that is also, but it's the also the, the, 
kind of the natural evolution of, of personhood. You know, because I'm me. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like I'm I'm a my project. It's like either you hire me to write standard operating procedures or or do a hygienic design training or coach or um you know whatever it is that I that I do. And and I do that to certain industries and then I do that to to people, right? It's like a lot of my coaching, where half of my coaching is to individuals, half of it is for employees. You know, it's like through the employer that they get me as a coach. But I, I changed though. So this thing of branding myself, mm, cringe again, right? But but to write or show or be, you know, to be visible, to be heard in writing or whatever, me, yes, that makes sense. But how do I do that? And what do I see? You know, just there are so many, or rather, it is so easy to overthink this and Ra rather than just go with the flow. And that's a little bit what, what I notice is that the, the post that I save for this, these are good example where my inner ethics committee goes, yay. Um, it is very, it feels genuine. It feels spontaneous. It doesn't feel like this is numbers. Step number three of this 16 sequence marketing scheme I've got going. You know, it's like it, it is more of this organic, less intuitive. intuitive. Yes, precisely. It's like this is what wants to come. And so here it comes, right? Um, and I can overthink things, just, you know, and, and then I just end up not doing anything. Um, yeah. Yeah, a pattern that I'm trying to avoid or 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 overcome. Let's 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 say overcome instead of avoid, um, because I don't like the idea of of just ignoring it. Is uh, and it is actually something I'm working on. Is is in many regards, and especially this one. Uh, okay, we're gonna we have we've done all this brainstorming. We have we have this you know plan or whatever. Um, and, you know, but a lot of that hinges on actually following through with things and then, okay, we'll get about halfway through and then abandon it because we just <laughs> don't have the, um, because either our feelings about it have changed or because, uh, it, you know, um, a life event happens, you know, you need surgery or something. So, you know, uh, it's like, okay, well, whatever, you know, and, and I recognize that that's probably better than nothing, but. It is something that is still uh, frustrating that I'm working on because it's not just with marketing campaigns where it's like, well, it's going to be really ambitious and then get about halfway to the, to the, the completion point. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I agree that, um, yeah, yeah, that, that marketing is tricky 
So, um, so what pops into my mind is to do more of like design thinking in it, like that marketing doesn't have to be, okay, here we are, we don't have anything. And then we do this release or we have this product out or, or whatever. And it's like that there's this long slog to get there because, because the, you know, it's like you just lose impetus and energy and just, ugh, you know, halfway and then you never actually get there. So design thinking, how can, how can it be more of a iterative process and shorter cycles where mm -hmm. there is something sh shown or, or put out there and you know, in on Twitter, the building public hashtag is one of the things oh, that a lot of yeah. um, SAAS type, um, whatever that actually stands for, something service, software as a service, I think. Um, that sounds a lot like inbound marketing. Yes. But the the thing about it, though, is... That is what I see and so appreciate in my creative community, but it is not building public hashtag for a reason. It is my, my artist friends and me showing, you know, this is the empty canvas. This is the canvas where I, you know, made some rough sketches. This is where I've actually first put some color on it. This is when, no, that color didn't come up right. So I changed it, et cetera. So showing this, the process, showing the process. And I love that. I'm, I'm enamored with it. I'm, you know, it's like, show me that because that also makes me feel like I get to meet the person. Um, rather than the product. So I think yeah. for me, that is perhaps one of the things that I, I could, I could use this love of mine for the process and, and do show more of my process in a sense. Um, and if I actually want to sell some things, then I do, because I have some good stuff. Actually, also now and again mentioned that there is a book, you know, you can hire me as a coach and, and not kind of forget that, not think that, well, everybody should know that because it's obviously on the website. Yeah, if you click around. Um, or if you even go to the website, you know. It's like, you is have there a, fancy a website? website? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 And mm -hmm. all good advice. And um, we will see. We will see uh, if, if I can implement some of that. Um, so do you... It's like, do you now, um, are you like, I'm doing college or university or whatever, or yeah, I'm working or yeah, I'm kind of doing a little bit of both. I'm doing many, uh, 
part-time things while also uh, trying to learn as much as possible. So even though I am out of university, uh, I am trying to learn more about things. I'm, I've kind of been in a period of, uh, I'm, I mean, frankly, like I, I'm working part-time, I'm dealing with, uh, chronic illness, which is kind of its own job and I'm introspecting and I'm, uh, processing things about my life and, um, asking lots of philosophical questions. And um, so a lot of this has not exactly left a ton of time for me to go, well, I'm going to expand the client pool for the part-time work, and I'm going to um, really expand that part of my life. And, and um, because it, while it has been important, it has also been like, well, you know, the health problems are, have an immediacy and also, I mean, well, me mental health is also health, but, you know, uh, trying to uh, uh, feel, think your way through anxiety and depression too. So um, with pretty good success, I feel like I'm kind of on the other end of that right now. Um, and that, you know, like with the recent surgery that I had, it was like, wow, I really can cope and deal with that. So maybe we do, uh, expand some of the, the, you know, other parts of my life that have taken more of a back burner <laughs> as I feel like I have, uh, found answers that I'm at least for the moment content with. <laughs> So, mm. 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 I, I just saw a tweet earlier today from Alex Mathers who said something along the lines of like the mental health awareness or, or discussion, how everything is so focused on mental health basically saying that that has caused so much non-mental health um, that there's been such a big focus on it's like again you get more of what you focus on so if if you focus on the anxiety on the depression on what am I feeling now and that you kind of get into this habit or belief that, you know, I have to, I have to squeeze every drop of every anxiety attack I have. It's like, you know, I really have to milk it kind of. It's like, yeah, that will cause some, some issues for sure. Because for me, I would say that and preface, I have never been clinically depressed. I've never been really depressed as such. Um, I've had maybe one panic attack uh, in my life, and I'm not that anxiety prone. So given all of that, still understanding that 
I didn't have to take all of the thoughts that I have or any of the thoughts that I have seriously as truth has made a lot bigger difference in my life than you need to be so focused on your mental health. You need to, you know, feel into everything you're feeling because we think that the feelings are It's like we, th we don't really see the connection that the feelings are signals and that we're to do, deal with what they are signaling about mm, yeah, that rather sounds. than, oh, here's a signal. <laughs> and we just, yeah. you know, stick to the signal. It's like, no, the signal is there to, to make you take another turn. You know, don't continue down that road. The signal gets higher and higher and louder and you think oh i'm getting closer yes you are <laughs> and you're not supposed to that's kind of what the signal is telling you this is a bad thing um well or your experience of the thing is a bad thing or you know or in like lizard brain speak you should avoid this thing um yeah i I will say that I don't spend a ton of time, well, mm -hmm. I have to give lots of props to my therapist because she, without really explicitly saying that, uh, th that is sort of the approach is, okay, so, you know, you're feeling something right now, but like, why, why, you know, like you're feeling this in this situation okay, analyze the situation and under in, and understand, okay, so what is the social dynamic going on? Like, what are the different positions? What are the uh, motives of everybody, including yourself in the interaction? Um, you know, like, what's the pattern of, of when you're feeling these things? Um, you know, what, like, what... Uh, you know, like, like, why do you find yourself in these situations? Yeah. And then the more yeah. deeper question is... What do you is, get out of it, really? Like, well, and that's what? a good question, is right? Because, yeah. like, if you're, uh, you know, and there, like, I mean, there are many times that I could, I could consider myself a genuine victim, but, like, you know, one thing that has happened a number of times in my past is, like, oh, we're, we're hanging around very toxic people, but... You know, but part of that has a secondary gain of like, oh, well, I'm standing next to this person who's a whole lot worse. And so it goes, well, so that I'm not really that bad and I don't have to work on these things. And I have this story of, you know, oh, this person did all of these bad things and, you know, they're, uh, you know, like, like, these are the reasons why I can't do X, Y, Z. Um, and, you know, that. <laughs> Uh, it's anywhere between parents to particularly abusive friends. And, um, I think that, that the defense holds a little bit more water for like genuinely traumatizing events in elementary school, um, where it's like, okay, we really are a child versus in, you know, high school and college where it's kind of like, no, you're really an adult and you're making your own choices there. And you're getting, you're very, not consciously, but you're getting a secondary benefit from from that 
<laughs> and even in a funny way, it's, it's a little bit like, I mean, it's not really like inbound marketing, but you know, oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to provide these services. We're really just helping these toxic people. Yeah. We're not actually getting anything from them, or at least that's what we want to show. Um, is it's it, actually it, not a bad analogy at all. There's a yeah. lot of, of, of like, there's a lot, you could play with that. Uh, yeah. In, 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 you know, in interesting ways that could provide I'm the savior. I'm the savior. I'm providing them the tools to do these things, even though there's yeah. a catch. Yeah. Yeah. Even though there's and, a catch. and I mean, it, it is interesting. There's been some drama in my, my closest family over the weekend. Uh, and where there's been a lot of bully behavior mm -hmm. and you know it's like i can zoom out and i can see that happening and you know i can can say oh the the person doing the bullying is horrible and awful and everything and i have but and and you know the one who's on the receiving it oh you know doesn't deserve it and yada 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 but but beyond that what is it in the person on the receiving end of the bullying behavior that makes that person receive it. Where's the inner predator in her? Mm. You know, where's, where's her inner bully? How does that yeah. inner bully, you know, wake up in this situation? And so it's like, you, <laughs> you can mean, and, really and respond, play with that. Mean. Both in response, but also, you know, if you take that away, if you take the external bully away, where's the internal bully? How is that dynamic oh. going on inside of you? No, as above, so below. Um, <laughs> yeah. That whole thing is like, oh, man, uh, you know, again, it's, it's a way of opening up to so much more and is a way, I think, to, like you say, not paint the world in black and white, not paint the world in bully and victim or savior and whatever, you know, but rather, huh, I can see why the person being an ass is doing this, you know, it's like, I can see reasons within, within that person. But on the receiving it, same thing. What makes this person receive it? What, you know, what's you mean, going like, on? Like receive it and not take themselves out of the situation or yes. respond in a way that yes. shuts the behavior down. Um, yes. But keeps it, you know, how do you going. stay in the loop? How do you stay mm -hmm. in the dysfunctional loop where you know what's going on, where someone explodes? And, you know, and, oh, you're sorry. And then the person exploding gets calmed down. And then, you know, it's okay for a while. And then person A explodes again. And the person B says, oh, I'm sorry. And it just keeps Here we on go going. again. Here we go again. It's like another yeah. ride on the roller coaster. Yes, please. Have it's you like, heard um, of the drama triangle before? Yes. Yes, I think that's a very good way to describe a lot of a lot of things. There's a persecutor, a victim, and a rescuer. And yeah. 
And they can switch. Multiple people can be doing the same thing or can be switching roles. And, um, uh, and yeah. this, again, is, this is familiar. And you have it inside of you. You mean with like different internal parts? Yes, mm. precisely. So yes, I can be involved in this drama triangle with other external people. There's like more people than me, but then I contain multitudes. I have the savior. I have the perpetrator. I have the victim inside of me too. Whose voice is the, is, you know, who's leading mm. right now? And what makes this the lead? How did, you know, it's like, where does it come from? What's the feeling? What's the sensation? What are the signals and how am I responding to them? Well, it's very funny that this came up anyway, because I was kind of thinking this, that, that this would be a good topic to talk about, but I didn't, um, I didn't want to, to impose or control the conversation. Uh, so. You know, I, as I had surgery recently, I had anesthesia and this is the f first time in a very long time I've had like anesthesia, anesthesia, where, you know, you like were the, the intubate, the intubate you so that if you stop breathing, also I see it in the background, you have a very, um, yes, cute the cat. cat. She's yes. been, or he's been, um, uh, cleaning and has decided to leave the room, but yes. anyway, um, uh, it's 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 been a very weird experience to be as as conscious as I have been for it because in recovering from it, it was a very it's been well it's just been a very weird week that it's like in coming out of anesthesia it's there's this sort of child self that is you know the core you know this is who I am as a kid like uh, you know even like from the very beginning you know oh I'm uncomfortable and in pain and they're it's very bright but there's lots of people here who are you know like being nice and helpful so i'll help them uh you know so that you know we can reach mutual goals uh but then like at, there there were more selves throughout time where, like in the car on the way home it's like oh here's this sort of combined self that is taking charge and putting on like deep breathing like meditation music when like I need to uh, do that because it's like, oh, the anesthesia is wearing off and we're actually in a fair amount of pain. Like, so mm -hmm. we need to, we need to deal with that constructively. So then there's like that self. Um, but it's been a very weird experience where I've kind of gotten to re-meet a lot of these inner selves as it's like, it's like they turned the computer that was me off and, and then like they turned it back on. And so I have to go through this process of remembering, oh, oh, well, what's it like to be Luke? You know, yeah. um, Hey, hello. What's, what's, uh, their name again? Pop, pop, pop the cat. Pop the cat. He's a, he's a frequent visitor on oh. the podcast. Well, I, I appreciate that. I'm definitely a cat person, so. Me too. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that that has been interesting, uh, you know, especially because I have not done internal family systems or any of these things where they put. Well, I suppose transactional analysis does put labels on certain ego states, 
but um but it's interesting to just be an observer on on that and see inter you know internal parts and how they're relating to one another and um, in in my in the therapy that i'm doing uh process oriented therapy there's it's like all of my inner me's inner selves get to play if they want to if I, if I let them, and then Dominic would ask, and who is that I? You know, and, and he just kind who of goes I? into, yeah, who's that I who lets them, you know? Uh, but also, all of my physical body is allowed to play. So if I'm, you know, if I'm wringing my hands, he'll say, what's, what's there? What's the energy there? And that might also be part of my inner self that I'm like, you know, less in touch with from a verbal standpoint, but it comes out. But it's, I've had a, I've kind of had a, a view for the past 10 years of having this external observer, like looking at me, uh, so that I can ex observe myself and experience being myself in the moment at the same time. Yeah, that's that's not easy. And, and and I've you know I've grown into doing that, so I do that quite a lot of the time. And I am now starting to see that the observer is not one character. So it's like it's a schizophrenic experience almost. It's like. May, yes, I do contain multitudes, you know, there's a reason yeah. for that sentence and it is very, very true. And now and again, I can look at myself and I can be really harsh and judgmental. Who's that observer? What's that voice? Now and again, I get absolutely Odin. terrified. What's that version? Uh, so there's, there's. And, and this, again, with the inner, the inner drama triangle, it's like, yeah, now and again, it's the persecutor who's the, or the perpetrator who, whatever you call him, who's, that's in the observer role, you know, passing judgment on me very harshly because I should this and that. Um, so it's been, um. It's been fascinating and sometimes frustrating because it's like, who's speaking? Who's that voice? And I just, you know, can, can I, can the answer just show, you know, now and again, it's like, I don't really know. I don't know that voice. I don't know whose voice that is what's the inner self that's speaking right there and i i definitely understand and agree with what you are saying that um and funnily enough this way of thinking i i got more familiar with this way of thinking after spending a, a year um, talking with a friend developing schizoaffective disorder. So I definitely think there is a cluster, a relation to it. Um, but yeah, I've been able to 
notice like, oh, okay, this is this teacher that I had, or this is so-and-so. Yeah. So, so I, I understand what you, what you're saying with that. Um, when you're trying to figure out who it is that's speaking, is that sort of a, like, okay, well, if I find out who is saying this, I can weight their opinion in terms of like, like, do I want to take this person seriously or, mm -hmm. oh, is this, if this is like, you know, I, I, I think everybody has a hard ass teacher that is in them. So it's yeah, a critical I sure voice. do. I have a school yeah. mom. Yes. She's very much in me. Yeah. There's a, um, uh, in college, there was a guy, professor, a slight cult that is in my head sometimes. Uh, um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, so is it kind of like a, well, if, if it's that person's voice, then I know these things about this person that are, you know, like, okay, this line of thinking is one that makes them unhappy. And so it's maybe not one that yeah. I want to follow. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it is, there is an aspect of sussing out. Like, what's the belief of this inner self? What's the belief of that inner self? And, and seeing how I can, you know, how I hop between them. And then Dominic would again say, and who's that I? Who's that I? <laughs> who's that I? It's like, because there is somewhere there is a meta me that kind of truly is just there and it's it's like it is life force somehow you know it's like it is it is it isn't identifiable i think at least not to me it's like it's not it's it's not graspable it is yeah fluid or ephemeral or or just just there too complex to like under to like really perceive as one whole because or as as something that can be boundary that can be described that can be um that can you be know, packaged defined. for the consumption of a consumer base <laughs> No, uh, I'm trying trying to bring it full circle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh. but it's 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 um, I'm I'm getting there's there was also I've I've been listening to the Emerald, um, mythical podcast, whatever, Joshua something, um. He has an episode on the forest that is absolutely, absolutely stunning. Um, where he he points to the fact that the forest is not all lovey-dovey and good. And, you know, it's like, no, there's things that want to kill you in the forest. To eat and you. they will kill you. And, and, and that, for me, has really... Cause I just recently listened to that a month ago or something. 
It's like that now is how I look at myself. It's like there are things within me that actually do want to kill me. So how do I deal with them? Do I take their word as truth? Do I do what they say? Or is that higher me self, the, the ephemeral thing that we can't really define? Is there, are there signals in me that says, oh, you're getting really close here. You know, beware. Mm -hmm. um, so, so it's, it's been a, it's, it's, it's been a process for me where I probably used to look more binary at myself, that there were aspects of me that were bad and aspects of me that were good. And if I can work through the bad stuff, then everything in me will be good. Mm. And I'm going, mm, no, I, I really think it's more complex than that. I really don't think it is good, bad. It is a multitude. Yeah. Or if you're going to be able to ever completely get rid of quote-unquote bad voices. And there isn't any getting rid of. I don't think there is a yeah. getting rid of. Uh, un unless, you know, you really turn into a Buddha or something, but then you will poof and go up into heaven. or You know, it's like then there's I, no point in you being I here anymore. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how that works, but... No, me neither, because uh, it ain't me. <laughs> uh, I'm not Buddha. <laughs> no. Um, what can I say? Oh. Hmm. I definitely know that there are harmful internal voices that I've found, but as I followed some of them where it's, you know, a lot of them are family or family adjacent um uh and they've been it's it's like well the advice or the viewpoint is something that they probably would think is helpful but in reality if you look at the full, the whole of the situation it's like no that's actually terrible advice and following that advice would be catastrophic uh i mean I think that there are there are definitely things that want to eat you, but not necessarily, or at least in my experience, not necessarily because they genuinely have animosity, but it's more because it's like, well, I'm hungry, or I'm, I'm metaphorically hungry, like if it's, you know, um, I like Gabor Mate's um, in, the, in the Realm of Hungry Ghosts, I think is what it's called, and, and in that way it is like, you know, the, the ghost. Yeah. If you're too close to, to be... them, yes. And they are hungry. Yes. They will try to eat you. It's like, they're yeah, not hunting want, for you. Maybe yeah, we want to be on drugs. We want to embody you yeah. or whatever. It's kind yeah. of like, it's somewhere between, well, if we're going to come back to inbound marketing, uh, I think I'm being helpful, but I'm really just feeding myself and mm -hmm. it's at the, it's at the expense of the conscious person. And mm -hmm. Which is why, like, I've always, I thought it was really interesting when I, you know, started, like, listen, when I was listening to this friend who was developing schizophrenia, and I was, like, struck. I was, like, it, well, schizoaffective disorder, there, there is a difference, but 
you know, it was like, oh, it's interesting that these folks don't have like good voices that have taken over their lives, you know, where it's like, you know, you have this inner cheerleader that's like, you know, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But maybe they do. It's just that they don't turn up in the, you know, in the hospital system because their lives just work because there's this inner cheerleader that takes on the life of them. Yeah, possibly. I don't, you know, it's like, again, we, this is one of the reasons why it's so interesting with a, in Swedish, you say salutogent. Um, salutogenic. Is, is that what it's called in English? Salutogenic? It's like, you, you know. Tell me the name of the word. I, I, it's not one that I've heard. So pathogens, you know, this is what's bad, wrong. Salutogent is this is what's good. So positive psychology was one of the, the instances where Western medicine, not too long ago, kind of figured out that, hey, everything we're doing is centered on disease. There's really not a lot of, of, of science done on what's good then. You know, we no, know we shouldn't happens. do that. And we need to eat as much of this to not get sick and this, that, and the other thing. The recommended daily intakes of nutrients is to make sure that you don't get sick. You need to do this. Okay, but if I want to be really healthy, sorry, no, we don't do health. It's like we do, we, we, we do non-sick, right? So yeah. the salutogent the, uh, is then trying to look at the, the positive, you know, what, what makes up a, a happy, healthy, well-functioning person rather than, oh, we know that these factors will really make life hard for you. Okay, but what makes life easier or better or whatever adjective you want to put on it? Yeah, this is a conversation um, you should definitely have with Ayal because when I talk about a lot of mental health-related things, um, he definitely has opinions that are in that court of of like there there is a dearth of positive psychology definitions of mental health there's a lot of you know well how do we rescue you from the pits <laughs> i mean it's really how do you how do you rescue yourself from the pits um but that there's not a lot of like okay but like what do you do to live well that's kind of his whole precisely thing. um yeah but 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 it's also one of the interesting things also i think is this uh fix it culture mm. so we try to fix everything so maybe that's why somebody who like your friend who has a voice inside that is like tearing him down oh he's on medication now and he's Doing Which much is better. Perfect, right? But again, there's like this this fix it. So if he had a voice that was building him up instead, we wouldn't need to fix it. Yeah. And yeah. we try to fix everything. Maybe there is no fixing to be done. Well, especially with pills. We really like to give people pills. Yes. Like we like to fix things with, with pills. Um 
Yeah, I just read a uh, an article today about we are recording this on May twentieth, and monkeypox is is making the rounds in in the world. It has started to oh, show no. up. There was even a case in Sweden, and I don't know much about monkeypox, but from what this article says, it's like monkeypox is a is a more benign a relative of smallpox. So when we, modern man, eradicated smallpox, we did so through vaccine in large parts. When it was gone, we stopped with the vaccines, which then means that monkeypox mm. isn't kept in check by Bigger, badder cousin, smallpox. So here comes monkeypox. Mm. And, you know, so he's like, it's a great thing that we eradicated smallpox because if you look at people and how they were suffering and what they, you know, what you go through when you have that, it's like, oh my God, I don't want anybody to experience that. Totally with you on that. And... It will have consequences down the road if we do eradicate it. If we do take that thing out of circulation, in a sense, it will have consequences that we are really bad at foreseeing. Understandably yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's like, okay, so 60 years later or whatever was... Maybe it's not 60, maybe it's 30 years later or something, you know, after the last well, it depends on in smallpox the world um, incident in the wild. It's like, okay, 30 years later, and now we have monkeypox. Yeah, nobody thought that, right? But but that just yeah. says that we, sh we should, and here I'm shooting myself and everybody else, we should be really careful with what we fix and how we fix because the fixes will generate new problems yeah yeah that's that's a really well yeah oh there are a lot of things on there places we could go um yeah i mean I don't think that fixing is necessarily a bad impulse, but yeah, there are a lot of negative consequences. I mean, uh, like when Zuckerberg launched Facebook, you know, he never envisioned that it was going to be used as a tool to perpetrate genocide in South Asia. You know, it's, it, it's, no, this is a tool that, you know, fixes the issue of people not having communications with each other. And, you know, we're not really thinking about the fact that the pseudo anonymity can enable the worst parts of it can enable people to to share some of the most um impulsive worst parts of themselves um, really easily yeah really easily at the click of a button mm. um and uh you know i read an interesting piece saying that you know like Elon doesn't really want to buy Twitter. He really doesn't want to be the owner of a company like this because it is 
awful for your mental health because it is everybody from every side with of every issue yelling at you. Wasn't that the former CEO of Reddit? Yes. Yeah, yes. I read that good, one too. That's good. But yeah, it's, you know, I, I, I think power is such an interesting thing where you're in a position to do those things, where people want you to fix things. And, and just what a, what a, what a messy thing all of it is, 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 you know, how it's like people lose sight of themselves, people, um, you know, I think it's very tempting to get lost in idealism. Um, you know, uh, I mean, this was a big, my uncle's really large argument of why we shouldn't change things is because, yeah, every time you change something, every time you change a variable, other problems will occur down the line. And it's like, yeah, I mean, if you really are operating from a neutral position and most people who are being paid to have power are not operating from neutral positions, but if you were operating from a neutral position, it would be like, well, what are the consequences down the line that we can see? And like, how bad is the current problem? And does it really need a fix? And, and we're encountering a lot of existential we... questions. That... Yeah. And, and what's the, what's the R? You know, the, do we well, look at it a, a year on or two years on, or do we look at it a hundred years on or a thousand years on or 10,000 years on? It's like, yeah. whoa, oops, yeah. no, too hard. I don't think we'll even bother with a year on. Let's just do now. <laughs> you or know, like, you know, well, and, and, you know, I don't know this. You you can't really know what it was like before, but I, I found the idea funny that, all, you know, we're just kind of trying to fix the problem of the, the, of the civilization trap of, of, of getting domesticated by wheat and that, you know, we're just kind of trying to fix that mistake, but it's, it's a little much for a humanity to handle. I don't know. Um. But, but yeah, I mean, even medically, like, um, so I have some toenail fungus and mm. I went to a doctor to treat it and I've had issues with antibiotics before where, okay, so this can cure some of the, you know, most lethal bacterial infections, but now they're finding like, oh, but if you take antibiotics, then you're going to have a higher rate of obesity and now they're, you know, at the, the forefront of immunology, um, you know, it's like, oh, well, it might have negative consequences for your, your immune system. And so I met with this guy to, you know, the idea being to fix the toenail fungus and, um, you know, oh, it turns out the topicals aren't great. We want to give you uh, basically a fungus bomb that destroys all of the fungus in your body. And I kind of said to him, well, like, so, I, I mean, there are these issues that they found with antibiotics, you know, 60-some years afterwards. I mean, there's a bunch of microbiome research going on. Do you think yeah. that in like in 15 to 30 years that, 
you know, they're going to find some of these same things about the fungicides. I mean, he was very diplomatic, but was like, well, I can't really see 30 years in the future. So do you want the pill or not? And I think I'm going to say no, because it's, it's no. not worth it. I mean, well, like the last time I had antibiotics, it was like, oh, now I have issues digesting like mm -hmm. onions and garlic and I really like onions and garlic. So. Yeah. And they're really good for you. But if you yeah. do, if you've killed off the bacteria in your gut that deal with them, yeah, yeah. it's going to cause you problems. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. But the environment kind of needed the environment that we lived in. Whoops. We didn't, didn't mean to kill all the animals. No, no, precisely. It's like we didn't see uh -huh. that one coming. No. Um. And well, it's like, some it, people and, did. yeah, but relatively too speaking, late. yeah, too late, kind of too late, too late I mean. anyway. But, but I mean, and, and I am not technology averse. I'm not invention averse. Um, but yeah. I have gotten a greater, I have gotten a greater understanding for how fuck awful little we know and how bad we are at seeing the longer arcs at even pretending that we can consider all possible consequences like no and we don't even try and i'm i've been doing risk analysis for the past two three years in the oh, project I'm sure that that's i'm doing interesting oh i really don't like it but oh. we have we have started to do it in a way that makes me feel like there's some value to it because it can be a lot of waste of money. So again, what's the questions you ask? How do you open your mind so that potential ideas that pop actually have some That, that, that there's a place to, to put them. It's like you throw out all of these balls in the air when you do a risk analysis. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. What do we happen. do with them? How do we, mm -hmm. where do we catch these balls and where do we put them? What, what's the next step for these? How do we manage this? And we've been, it's like, I'm not as anti-risk analysis that I was before, but my my anti-ness is in large part due to the fact that it's hard because it is hard you know it's somewhat impossible in 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 certain views i mean you can you can ensure against certain things but i think it's re i mean just from and i haven't done risk analysis it just seems like a, like it's very difficult to future-proof things and it's very difficult to envision unforeseen scenarios. I mean, you know, um, it's like, I mean, we're also just in an era of like, you know, okay, nobody really, well, again, some people saw COVID coming, but most people didn't see COVID coming. You know, most people, uh, well, yeah, you know, it, it, you just don't 
prepare for things to go a certain way. And um, like I watched a, uh, there was like a PBS frontline about, it's called The Power of Big Oil and talking about how, you know, in the 70s, um, Exxon uh, hired a bunch of scientists to basically figure out that global warming was happening and uh, just buried the papers and denied it for a long time. And, you know, something that is, was striking early on was like, oh, well, they actually were working on solar back then. They were working on um, nuclear and maybe geothermal, but don't quote me on that. Um, and that they ended up closing down those branches and then, you know, just doing what we know happened now, which is denying it and trying to make more money and merging and all of these things. Um, funding misinformation but you know there is an argument to be made that it's like okay well if they found that out at that time and they put all of their money towards these other things another company would probably have done the same thing you know and there have... goes the inner ethics committee again well right and then you know so inner ethics committee is like well what what do you do about that situation when you're when you're there and you can do the you know the noble thing and go out of business but that's not really what you're hired to do and um you know i don't you know and, and then of course then you have to you know have some systemic criticism of of things overall and um that is a whole other topic of how do you set like priorities that are not defined by something like money or resources <laughs> because that's generally how things get done um how do you how do you value something that you like like a future that you don't know if it will happen or not um you know that's yeah i i don't know i i don't know i you know i used when i used to think it was more straightforward but it's like you know but I mean, just, it's just it's, implement communism. It'll be fine because that's yeah. worked before. Yeah, or not. But but um, it's interesting to hear you then say that you are actually bringing with you to the doctor talking about your tough fungus problem, <laughs> saying, "Do you actually think this might?" If I say yes. Is there a chance that this will come and slap me in the face in 30 years? And, you know, my system yeah. will crash because of this thing. Or, you know, I might just have to endure a whole bunch of unpleasant things that I don't necessarily... Yeah. Well, yeah. I have some idea based on the current experience of things yeah. that can happen. But, yeah. um, but I mean, it, it's it's... Yeah, it is... I'd rather just have ugly toenails. <laughs> You know, and, and 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 fungal infections, especially, is something that modern Western medicine mm -mm, we really don't do well with that stuff. No, um, we generally stuff that we're really bad at chronic diseases too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, 
hey, we know that this thing is, well, we think that this thing like plugs this port or opens this port in the immune system, or, yeah. you know, we think, we think that it's, it's, it's doing something to mess around with things. Let's throw you on this drug and, and see what happens. And yeah. if it works, then great. Yeah. And if it yeah. doesn't, then let's unplug that pathway and shove a plug in another path. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the use of, of cortisol, um, I think that's what it's called, cortisol in Swedish. That's a um, stress hormone? Not cortisol, cortisol. Wait, what's cortisol in, in English? Let's just, I'll just rapidly. Sure, sure, no worries. I will take a rapid leader. drink of water and bite you of do. a bagel. I will just say. Uh, Cortisol is cortisol, yeah. So, um, is that a steroid? Yeah. Mm. Which we throw at that is like the magic bullet for a lot of, of Western medicine where we really don't know what's going on. Let's put some of that in. You have pain in your knee. Yeah, we don't really know. Let's just inject you with some cortisol. Give me some steroids. Give me some. Precisely, right? And the function, what it actually does, why it alleviates pains and, and this, that, and the other thing is a mystery. We don't know. We really don't know this. This is a drug that's been used for a long, long time. It's like a legacy drug. Penicillin kind of. Penicillin, we know how it works, though. Oh. You know, so, so it's like, but, but it is like you say, it's like, we have no clue. Let's put in some cortisone. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's put you let's on some that steroids. Works. That will probably work it out. And we do it for a lot of the. Uh, a lot of the chronic stuff, a lot of the, you know, if you have asthma or allergies or, you know, it's like, let's put some of that in because it, it lowers all of the responses. Thing. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, you know, and I, I don't remember exactly how I phrased it, but I will just phrase it in the way that I, you've all know how I did, because that's where I, I picked it up from is the, I, the idea that, yeah, that like, we're very good at manipulating things without understanding them. Like, cause we, you don't have to understand something in order to manipulate it, but then what's going to happen? You know, we'll, we'll see. And, Oops. um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. I don't know. That's it's an it's not a very fulfilling conclusion to come to that it you know well we're in the dark about a lot of things, but you know um, I don't know. But but to actually to do I don't know close the loop. I'm not certain about. But but the thing of it is though that maybe this is part of. Part of the acceptance of what is, is accepting what is, rather than trying to fix it, rather than really? 
finding the cure or avoiding, which is also a type of fix. Um, yeah. Right? So it's like, so maybe is... there is at least a, a part meander back to some of the stuff that we've we've gone through. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I mean, this whole conversation is very, you know, stoic about, you know, like, well, let's be careful about attaching value judgments to things before we see how they play out. Um, or be aware that you are. That you are attaching value judgments. Yeah. 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 <laughs> True objectivity is very difficult. Or Nay, impossible. Impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I th also think actually does cause some problems because it's like we make it out as if objectivity would be the answer. Well, it's it like, that's that the good thing. Present... It's good to be objective. It's really bad to be subjective. Oh no, that's your personal values popping in. Yeah. <laughs> they are there because nobody is objective. It's like, we, we, it's like, you'd have to, you'd have to like strip yourself of in like order ego. Yeah, of like, of like everything that makes me me, I would have to stop to be able to be objective. It's like, yeah. because objective is like, that's a, if, you know, if there's a, a closed caption TV, it's like a CCTV camera. It's just there. It doesn't care what's there. It's just there. It's just recording what's there. It doesn't write the stories. That's it doesn't write job. the story. Doesn't it's like it's just I'm just, you know, wide angle. I'm just here. <laughs> just uh, here. Yeah. Well that that's so... not people. Cause I will look there. It's something's going on over there that I'm missing. Um then I look there. Oops. Now it is like, yeah, we're so screwed. <laughs> it's just <laughs> The title but of it, the conversation. No, no, no. But it's no. kind of fun. Oh, um, I mean, it is what makes it fun to be alive. Well, yeah. You never, well, yeah, novelty is, is the spice. Um, yeah. Although I do sure like my familiarity. <laughs> I will confess, but. Um, so in that view, do you think that people who are branding themselves as objective are just putting on a really good performance of objectivity. I think that they are fooling themselves and others. Hmm. Yeah. It's like always... journalism, you know, it's like, well, journalism, a proper journalism is supposed to be objective. And I go, well, no, not really. Cause we can't be. You can attempt to be, you can attempt to put yourself in this angle and then go, you know, quarter of a, a turn to that and look at it. And then, you know, it's like, you can, you can implement actions so that at least I have seen from all of the views, but it's still me seeing from all of these views. And I can decide that half of those are bullshit. 
<laughs> Precisely. And, you know, it's like uh, I have an affinity for these because they resonate with me. I really don't like these, so I won't see those or I will yeah. downplay those, etc. It's like, it is, I mean, journalism to a large part is telling a story. <laughs> More right? now than ever. <laughs> yes, and I um, would say that it probably always has been because there's the yeah. choice of words. There's the choice of, again, how do you, in words, describe what's going on? Like when you were being the radio announcer for the, the kid that you're baby caring the, uh, for. Uh, baby smashing. Baby I mean, smashing, setting. precisely. You are putting words to it that will color what is picked up do you yeah. say red or do you say magenta if magenta is red i don't know but you know it's like it's got well yeah we're all talking well that's a good analogy because it's all kind of shades of colors which are all i mean yes we sort of have some generally defined markers but like everybody perceives color differently and then you have red, green, color blindness and, and stuff that would go yeah. magenta. And then you're a dog. And then you're a dog or a cat and you see something completely different. Yeah. So yeah. objectivity is like, I think it is more, it, it is, it's like, I can be a journalist in my life in this inner work that I'm doing. It's like, and, and that's not a bad sort of stance to take. It's like I'm, I'm interviewing, talking to, relating to all of these inner selves of me. Mm -hmm. um, is there a truth? No. You know, yeah. it's, it's just no, Experience. it isn't. And I am depending on how I write about it or talk about what I observe and uh, insights I'm getting and, and the feelings I'm feeling in therapy, all of that shapes the experience. So objectivity. But it all just is experience. And, and it's like experience kind of only is right then and there and still it is i think it's really hard for a human being to experience something and not have you know it's like we're we're hooked up to memories of this happened before and oh his voice reminds me of my brother or you know it's like we're we're not it's not a flash in the pan. It's like we're linked. We're rooted. There's, there's connections. I like that word. I like rooted. Yeah. To, to memories into the past. Yeah. Yeah. I, it is kind of cool to see. Um, yeah. If you, if you track an object that is moving and you take a picture of it at, you know, certain intervals, uh, that's a root. An object in motion uh, that is, a, you know, that has, if you took that close camera, you know, video footage and you just mm -hmm. 
you know, like layered. It's like, you know, if it's yeah. somebody moving, it's like, there's a line, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the root. So that's it's a, a good way of putting it. It's a good way of putting it. Maybe that is a good place to end it then, because now we ended in a good place. <laughs> that's a root. Yes, yes. <laughs> Let's not yeah. leave people totally dejected thinking okay. that we're totally yeah. screwed. It's like no. Well, let's let yeah, sure. Let's <laughs> let's um let's let's end on a positive note. Let's wrap it up um and 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 put a bow. Um so if you bring it back to sort of like the marketing thing and the marketing challenges and not wanting to irritate you know the inner monitor or or whatever the 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 morality monitor you know what you were saying about sharing the process of things sharing just experience maybe that is a compelling way to organically market without um at least morally offending yourself <laughs> morally uh, offending myself that is hilarious yeah yeah i think i've done that a couple of times it doesn't feel very good no <laughs> and it's what's always fun is when well it's funny and it's funny to look back on it is you know I, I, there's times i've been really mad and i want to you know smash something or you know cut like you know i yeah like i i want to i want to do something like this and then going you know like i'm not gonna george washington chop down the tree because we don't take life unnecessarily so you know we're not gonna do that and you know and then that part of you that's really angry is like but i need an outlet i need to like be violent right now it's like well we need to find a different way to do that maybe we yeah. can like throw ice at the ground or something yeah. so you feel like you're breaking something but um but yeah yeah try yeah it, it morally offending yourself is not essential <laughs> no um, and in i'm you know kind of what i'm i'm thinking is that the thing that i'm looking at when I think about my inner ethics committee and marketing and, and inviting right, ethics committee. That's the... people. It is a little bit like this conversation and all of these conversations. It's like they start somewhere and I have no idea where they're going. You have no idea where they're going. They go. And sometimes they stop and, and you know, turn around and go back. You know, it's like eat. It, uh, yeah, it just, it just, you turn is and, and how maybe that is what I, you know, after having spent like 20 years in the pharma industry, working with quality management systems where everything oh. is so freaking. So, you know. Rule yes i Med do about medicine oh my i've been preaching to the choir yes and it's like it it there's something inorganic to that way of being there's something very constructed like 
it's it's manipulated. It isn't the way that things are. A conversation like this, this is the way a conversation is. This is how relating is. It's like you, we, you know, it's like, like you say, we there's want the roots. same outcome there's... every time. Precisely. Which is, again, there's a reason for that because you shouldn't be afraid of going to the store and buying some aspirin. You know, yeah. it should be aspirin. It should be the, the right, if it's 500 milligrams, it should be 500 milligrams. It shouldn't be a heart medicine. You know, it's like, yeah. no, there's, yeah, there's yeah. really, really good arguments for this. Yeah. Um, and it isn't life somehow. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, um, we've been talking about cluster A personality disorder train of thought and the way that I am conceptualizing it is like square being versus circuit circle being like square being, being the rigid structured, um, we want defined edges. We want, um, we want specific outcomes. We want control. Maybe, maybe that's what I'm reaching for. And the circle thought is more experiential and, um, like, well, that indescribable bit where yeah. it's not, it's not exact and it's, um, not controlled and it's in the moment and, um, which is, it's a good way of describing it also because there basically is very, very few hard lines and angles in, in nature. If you look around you, if you go out into the forest, it's like most, not all, but most uh, beings, whatever being it be, be it a, a tree being or a a rock being or whatever it's like most of them actually are ground in some way or or not you know angular or straight rectangular and, you know, precisely it's like it's 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 much less of that with some some exceptions like crystals can actually form into really mm -hmm. sharp um and i guess trees are all like made up of angles but generally tend to have an overall shape that's well deciduous versus evergreen but but still yeah it's not rectangular it's um no no it's got a some polygon well no, not even polygon i'm thinking trees right now um yeah it's got they some... can look like a pair of monks yes you know it's like there's not a lot of squares in that. You know, a bare branched tree can really look like a pair of lungs turned upside down. I don't know how the branches yeah. go and everything is like tree above gorgeous. and the roots below are pair of lungs, kind of. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. blood vessels going to the yeah. lungs. Yeah, precisely. Look. Thank Hell you for enough. this conversation. Our first of five. Our first, well, not our first conversation, but our no, first. But our first recorded conversation. For the Tonkis Beyond podcast.
Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for this. I have enjoyed it. Thank you it. so much for this. I'm enjoying this as well. I'm, I, I am glad that we had the conversation that we had because about halfway through, I was like, wow, we have opened up so many tabs. How are we going to tie all of these together or, you know, close all of them out? Uh, which, well, is a, which is fun that you use part. that analogy because Caspian is not happy with me because I basically never have just one tab open in my browser. <laughs> it just it just does not happen. Right well, now I, in the moment, I'm guessing I'm somewhere around 30. I've lived with folks with ADHD and I am comfortable for the most part sidebarring i i do like consistency i like finding a way to wrap it all up i really do but i've gotten through having to live with folks with adhd i've come to more of an appreciation for uh sidebar or like many open tabs thinking or conversations so uh which can be really fun if you don't mind never coming to a topic um but it yeah it can be just fun to you know yeah bubble back and forth on and just and 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 if just to to kind of if i look at at a podcast most of the podcasts that i listen to at least or that i find interesting is like there's a lot of interview structured or monologue or a story is to be told and it's told this way and then there's a few like thank where it is just a conversation without a, you know a proper beginning and end without the this is the you know pit stops this this and this is where we need to get to like no you need to connect uh, all the and, dots yeah and i really enjoy that type of conversation. So it's no wonder that this is what Thank is beyond. Well, I have enjoyed it. Good. Well, see you around. See you next conversation. And all yes, I'll also see you around, but Yes. Of course. But Luke, is it Amen? Yes. Good. I will when, once you drop off, I will do the little preface to our conversation. I just wanted to make sure that I had the right name. Of course. Or the right pronunciation. Yeah. No, you got it. Um, you get fun with it. Amon. 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 Yeah, you, you could have. You go French, you can go Irish, you could maybe even go German. I think that, 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 spelling, that spelling is German, so... Amon. So how do you say it? Amon. Just the way you said you said it. You had Luke Amon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm American. American. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Um, Well, you enjoy the rest of your day. It is almost nine thirty here, so my day is soon to finish. It's twelve twenty six here, so it is. Part way over. Yeah, but you have a half a day left. Good. Half a day left. I will do my best to enjoy it. Good.
I will send you an email to set up next conversation. Sounds good. And then this will be out. Um, not on Tuesday, but next Tuesday. Oh, sounds good. Yep. So we're good. And I look forward to listening to the other speakers. Yeah. I have just been a little bit preoccupied as of late, so I haven't gotten rented, but I'm curious. Good. Yeah, it's been, it's been fun. It's been, uh, it's always fun. I just love people. They're fantastic. I was listening to a, a Buddha's by the Roadside podcast yesterday just to put myself in the right headspace. Oh, cool. Uh, and I think it is one where you actually said the exact same thing. I just love people. Yeah. Um, I can tell you which one it is because it's probably yeah. It was one that was released. Yeah, it was. Try eleven questions from Tim Ferriss. Oh, that was the one. (laughs) That one was so interesting to do. Yeah. Yeah. Dominic just totally shut down all of Caspian's thoughts on. It's like. Well, I think that's a weird question. Yeah, precisely. It's like context, context, context. So. Right. I really started What's to understand the that. Yeah. And we were like, just answer the question. I'm not doing a very good South African accent. I can do Australian and British. It's very hard yeah. for me to do South African. Yeah. But I don't do, I can't do Dominic either. African. South African. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Well. Now that I'm done um, inter- impersonating Dominic poorly, <laughs> sign off. Sign off. Bye, my friend. Goodbye. Bye, Pop. He's over there on the chair. I I realize now that since you have headphones in, he's not been able been able to hear any of my meowing. No, he hasn't. So I just been meowing like a weirdo. Okay. (laughs) Very cool. Well, (laughs) until next time. See. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.